Um, I'm going to read a lot of scripture this morning, and um, I'm just going to take out of the scripture that God leads to, leads to so you don't have to stand. Um, but I just, I know there are several things that I, I just know that this morning and today just matters. I believe that destinies are going to be determined, amen, that eternity is hanging in the balance for many lives. And I shared Wednesday night, you know, and I've been sharing some about activating the anointing of God. And I'm a firm believer. I've never thought about this. But as I began to look, and, and we'll look at some of these things today, that if you do not walk in the anointing of God, somebody could perish. People could perish if you do not activate the anointing that is in your life. People could perish. And so if you reject and rebel against the call of God that is upon your life, people could perish. And, and when I talk about perish, I'm talking about hell forever. Because you didn't activate your anointing. You may say to me this morning, Pastor, don't put that on me. Well, I am. I'm putting it on all of us. Amen. Because that is a responsibility that we have to bear. This morning, God told me, he said in the 830 service, he said, people are hiding, Jared. He said, I don't want you to sing one song. He said, because people are moved by music. Their soul is touched. He said, their wounds are hit. And he said, they cry, but they hide. He said, there's no repentance. He said, they check an 830 service off and they're gone until the next 830 service. He said, it's become convenient. He said, it's nothing about the cross. And so the Lord said, you're not going to have any music. You're not going to sing one song. You're going to preach. Let me tell you from me, that's difficult because the Lord dealt with me too. He said, if you need worship to get anointed, then it's false anyway. And so you have to walk in the will of God. And the really, what is going to see us through? The Word of God. I thank God for worship. But I can tell you, we're living in a generation that worships worship right now. And it's become very perverted and demonic even at times. And if you don't have a balance of the Word, he said, true worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. And so you can worship in the Spirit for five hours, but then let's get the Word of God for five more. You see, people say, well, we worship that long. Now we need the Word. Well, hey, if we, can get in, if we can get in the worship for that long, then let's get in the Word for that long. Amen. We don't have to rush. The Word of God is what's going to transform our lives. Amen. So the Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 26. I'm talking about activating the anointing. I want to give you three things this morning, however God would lead. Amen. I want to talk about activated. I want to talk about aggravated. And I want to talk about agitated. Amen. Activated, agitated, or aggravated. Amen. We're going to talk about these three things. And this morning, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 26, I'm sorry, verse 20 says, where there is no wood, the fire goes out. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. Amen? Now turn with me to the New Testament. You can keep your place there. To the book of James. James chapter 2. I don't want to give you anything this morning. I just want to read to you and give you the word of God. Amen? That's my only heart's desire. I'm not here for a pep rally this morning. I'm not here to try to make you do better things. Does that make sense? 
I think one of the most dangerous things that we can do, and I told them in the first service, one of the most dangerous things that we can do is when the pastor preaches something that pricks my heart and brings conviction to my life, the most dangerous thing we can do is start making deals with God and say you're going to do better, better, better. I'm going to read more, I'm going to pray more, I'm going to study more, I'm going to fast more, I'm going to go to church more. No, you're not. No, you're not. Not if grace don't change your heart and drive you to do those things. If grace don't give you a desire to do those things, then guess what? You're going to wake up about the third day after all your fleshly efforts gone, and you're going to say, I'm going to pray for 30 minutes for the next month. Guess what? Third day into that, you're going to pray about five minutes. You're going to fall asleep. You're going to wake up the next morning, and guess who's going to be there saying, you liar. Look at you. You can't even pray to God like you told him you would. Now guess who's talking to you? The devil is. Now guess who just became your authority because exactly what he said is the truth. Because you wasn't relying on God. You just told God what you were going to do. Maybe God said, I don't need you to pray right now for 30 minutes. Just pray for five. <laughs> Isn't that the grace of God? Isn't that what intimacy does? Don't Jesus know where we are? And don't Jesus just come to me and said, I guess what? I'm going to help you. I just need you to pray for five minutes. And then next week we're going to pray seven minutes. See, that's the way that God works. But then we tell God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a chapter a day. And you read three verses and you fall asleep. Guess what? I can't even read the Bible right. And the devil said, I told you so. So don't, don't take what I'm telling you today and say, oh, I'm going to start boom, boom, boom. I'm going to start doing these things. Amen. I'm not, that's what the law does. It yokes you up. Amen. But grace will draw you in. Amen. James chapter 2. How many of you know the Bible says, faith without works is dead? Verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? So what do works do? It brings activation. Amen. I said this and I forgot I got, I got a credit card. I hadn't used it. It's still stuck on the thing. But it says if you will dial 1-800 and if you'll take this credit card because right now the way it's still stuck on that piece of paper, Brother Rafe, I'm not going to be able to slide it through anywhere. You know what I'm saying? But if I'll take that credit card off the thing and if I'll take the glue off of it, and if I'll call the 800 number, guess what? That joker will start working for me. But guess what? It's not going to work as long as it's just laying on my table, stuck to that piece of paper, and I hadn't called the 800 number and activated it yet. It's just sitting there on the table. So I walk by it every day, and I know there's opportunity right there if I ever need it, right? There's opportunity laying there. But how many of us walk by opportunity every day but don't pick it up, take the glue off, and call Jesus? I know there's opportunity, but I just keep walking by. I don't activate it. Amen. There's times you get, you get emails all the time. You may have a debit card or credit card or something, and, and, and our Sky Miles account, I'll get, I'll get emails all the time. Activate your points. Activate your benefits. Activate this. Activate that. If you don't activate it, then guess what? You're not going to receive the benefits of what you activate. You ever get them before? I've never seen this word activate so much as I have a little bit lately. And it's like every time I turn around, I'm getting an email about activating. And it's like God is saying something to me. And God is wanting me to say something to this church right now. Because some of you are activating the anointing of God that is on your life. But some of you are waiting until you get in a position. And once you get the position, then you say, then I'll activate it. But God's waiting to see if you'll activate it before you get a position. You see, I can tell you, if you can't walk in the anointing of God, then elevation will never come. 
Amen. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 5 that even though Saul was king, David was not, but it was David that led them in and brought them out. Amen. And right after that, they anointed David to be king over all of Israel. And so because David could walk in the anointing without position, then elevation came to his life. Amen. You see, I have found that whenever I've been broken, whenever I've been in Gethsemane, whenever I don't even know how I'm going to make it out, I don't feel anointed. I don't look anointed. I look like everything's falling apart and it may be but God said I got you right where I want you I want to know if you can walk in the anointing in that moment when you're not the one preaching can you still pray for people when you're not the one getting the glory when you're not the one on the platform can you still intercede and lay hands on people I can tell you that if you can't do that then then you'll never be able to be anointed and walk in it to the full capacity that God has for your life amen the anointing of God don't flow through position it flows through people amen and many times it flows through people that never have a position in their life. Our God chooses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Acts 4.13 says they were unordinary and ignorant fools, but they took notice of them. Why? Because they had been with Jesus. When they walked out of their prayer closet, there was an anointing that was on their life. They may have been uneducated. They may have been ignorant fools to you. Oh, but to the glory of God, they walked in high authority. They was great anointing that was upon their life. Amen. You see, many of us say we have faith, but we don't put our hand to the plow and put works to it. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself If it does not have works, it is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. My God. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, for he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. You can be anointed but never activate the anointing. And guess what? It's dead. It's dead. You know, people, have you ever known somebody that people say, man, they used to walk in a high anointing? When's the last time you've seen that high anointing in their life? Long time. You notice that? You ever notice somebody get a position? They were anointed as long as they were on a pew. But then they got a position and the authority and the anointing left their life. You ever seen somebody like that? Everything left. Everything left them. Why? Because they weren't relying on God any longer. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. James 4, 8 says this, Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. What is God saying here? He's saying, if I'll come close to God, 
then God will come close to me. Hebrews chapter 11. The Bible says in verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Verse 4, By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness, and he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and through it, still being, still being dead, still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For he was taken, he had a testimony, and he pleased God. Listen to this. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents, with Isaac and Jacob, sometimes you can be right in the middle of your promise and still dwell in a tent. Many of people would say you're out of the will of God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Amen. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he had received the promises offered up by his only begotten son. Verse 20, by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each one of his sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning on the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child. By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Can I tell you this morning that faith without works is dead and you can be anointed and not activate your faith and nobody will ever know the anointing of God that is on your life. Amen. The anointing of God is not about us. If you have faith, it's by the grace of God that God gave you faith. Now we have to activate our faith. Every one of these. If Moses is going to be used as a deliverer, then his parents are going to have to place him in the river. Amen. His mother's going to have to activate that. Luke chapter 4. Verse 18 speaks of the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Jesus said this. Turn there with me, if you will. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I looked up the Greek meaning of this word anointed in Luke chapter 4 verse 18, and here's what it means. Anointing, the consecrating Jesus to the messianic office 
and furnishing him with the necessary powers for its administration. Even Jesus was anointed and is known as the anointed one. The anointing in the Greek word means to endue Christians with the gift of the Holy Spirit. The word anointing in the Greek means to take for one's use, to make use of a thing. How many of you have known somebody that wasn't useful for anything, but you saw the anointing of God on their life, and now all of a sudden in the hands of God they can be used to do great and mighty things? Have you ever seen this? The Bible also speaks of this word anointing. It means to, to furnish what is needed. Amen. To furnish what is needed. When I read that definition, Sister Tammy, it just got all up in me because there's a lot of times that I don't know what is needed. I, don't, I, I woke up this morning excited to preach about activating the anointing and just felt like I was just going to set this church on fire. Amen. And God said, you're not going to sing one song in the 830 service. He said, there's people in that service that are on their way to hell. He said, they check an 830 service off and they go live their rest of their week how they want to live it. And he said, I've called you as the shepherd over that house. And he said, you better tell them what I sent you to say. And I said, God, we're not going to set the church on fire that way. He said, you're going to keep them out of the lake of fire that way. Amen. And let me tell you, there's times that you've got to preach. And I believe that today that destinies will be determined. I believe, listen to me this morning, child of God, if you're not here, if you're here this morning, you're not right with God, you better get right with God. There's a heaven and I thank God for it. I thank God that Jesus went before us. I thank God that he's preparing a mansion for you and I. But I thank God that we're going to get to worship him around the throne. Amen. I thank God that we're going to get to do those things in heaven but God sent me to this house today to tell you under the anointing of the Holy Ghost that Jesus will furnish to you what is needed for you to finish your race amen I said I don't know how he's going to do it a lot of times but I do trust that the anointing of God will step in when we can't do it the anointing will get a hold of grace and they'll take us where we can't take ourselves the anointing will furnish what is needed to finish this race for you and I child of God but I came to say this in this house this morning I believe if you don't activate your anointing and you keep sitting on it then you very well could die and go to hell or your children could die and go to hell or people following your life could die and go to hell if you don't believe what I'm saying read Matthew chapter 24 one was given five talents one two and one one the man that received five he invested and he got five more one received two he invested and he got two more the one that had one he buried it instead of investing it. And the other two that invested, the Bible said, he said, well done. He said, you've been faithful with little. Now I'm going to give you more. But the one that buried the talent, he, he told him, he said, you wicked servant. He said, you will be cast into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. So don't come to me, mister. Don't come to me, sister. And tell me it's just who you are. you got to activate the anointing that God put on the inside of you. It determines destinies of heaven or hell. It determines destinies. I never knew that's what the anointing meant. Listen to this. I love this. This anointing in the Greek means to employ. You ever seen people couldn't get a job anywhere? <laughs> Amen. Most people wouldn't hire me. <laughs> but the anointing put me in a pulpit. The anointing called me to pastor. Amen. Most folks wouldn't give me a time or day, Brother Rafe. That's why I had to shoe horses. Amen. They didn't know who I was. 
Amen. People pull a background on me. Well, you can't do this. You can't do that. He just got out of jail. Just got out of a drug program. Oh, but there was an anointing that fell on me. Amen. I don't say that arrogantly. I'm just telling you, that anointing will give you employment. Amen. I said that anointing will give you employment when nobody else will hire you. I say this to people all the time because who we deal with. Well, I hate to have them arrested and put in jail. It's going to mess their record up. I said, oh, but if they get born again, washed in the blood, and an anointing gets on their life. I said, it's up to God. He can erase everything. Don't worry about what you see right now by what is seen. You got to look beyond. I know that's what my mom and daddy thought too, but I can tell you today, they don't think nothing about it. I may have a record but I can tell you my record in heaven has been washed white as snow. My name's written in the Lamb's book of life and the anointing gives an employment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The anointing will place you in places that you don't belong. (laughs) I said the anointing will place you in places and positions that you don't belong. (laughs) Did you see me up there preaching with Duke Downs at a camp meeting? Come on, somebody. (laughs) Come on, somebody. That man laid hands on me 13 years ago when I hit the floor. I'm talking about just out fresh out of a drug program. Fresh married, knew nothing about the Holy Ghost. 45 minutes later, I got up. Amen. Everything was different in my life. (laughs) I remember sitting on the edge of my seat. My jaw was dropped. Listen to that man preach the gospel. And I'm like, who are these people? (laughs) I've never heard nothing like that before. Never in my life. Now we get to do life with people. (laughs) Now we get to do life with these people. Amen. The anointing will place you. And guess what? We never went looking for it. (laughs) Never went looking for it. I can tell you we came to Grittany Baptist Church. (laughs) Amen. Wasn't looking for any relationship. Amen. Just came in the will of God. And then the anointing falls, and it falls, and it falls. Then the next thing you know, it gives you employment, and it puts you in places and positions. My God, you're like, how in the world? (laughs) How in the world? (laughs) Sending people out all around the world, amen, to preach the gospel. God brings precious people. I mean, just coming and going, and people, I'm like, oh, my God. The anointing does that. You know, some people are anointed. Some churches are anointed. To put people in positions of success, of elevation. You know that? You know, uh, Brother Lewis here went to camp meeting in Texas. And he, he blessed Pastor Curtis and Sister Marlena. Amen. With a man that does all the recording, right? For Jimmy Swagger. And so, Brother Lewis just knows this guy. Now, Brother Curtis, Sister Marlena, now their church is blessed. They're going to get to go there. They got it set up next month. Some people are just anointed to bring divine relationships and connections. Amen. And so God will do that because this word anointing also means in the Greek overflow. (laughs) Sometimes you just walk in the Holy Ghost and things just flow out of you. You don't even know. I'm just walking with God, but I'm walking in the overflow. (laughs) I don't even know that blessings are rolling out on you. Amen. I'm just talking about as a church. We're just in the will of God. I'm just fighting hell. Man, I don't know if I'm blessing anybody. I'm just barely making it. Oh, but things are flowing out. (laughs) You don't even know what's flowing out. Amen. But God's moving. God's moving. Amen. God's just flowing out. Listen, it also means it's, it's a symbol of his might, his activity, and his power. 
My God. <laughs> you ever saw somebody and they just symbolize Christ? They symbolize his might. They symbolize his activity. And they symbolize his power. You just see Jesus in every aspect of their life. People say, man, that's a busy church, y'all got. You know, but you know what? Really through it all, you know it's the anointing. Because if you try to do everything this church does in the flesh, we would be over. Then you know it's the anointing because it just happened. It just happened. That's why I tell people all the time, things are just happening. And so if you're on them with working and you see something that you don't agree with, shame on you if you touch that. Because God's grace lets you on the inside of that to see that. But just look at the big picture and look at really what's going on. People that come to visit and they said, oh my God, where did this happen? I don't know. I cannot tell you. I can't put one hand on it and say how it all happened. I don't know. Other than God just did it all. The anointing, the overflow. Amen. The grace of God did it all. And I love this one. I never knew this till today. The Greek word for this word anointing here, it means this. In determining and controlling the destinies of men. You know what that told me? That as people that walk in the anointing, that we can determine and control others' destinies. Under the influence of the Holy Ghost, that don't mean we're control freaks. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about sowing seed. Under the anointing. A person could say, I've had that thought. But man, the preacher confirmed it today. He sowed a seed. Now some of y'all weren't here Wednesday night, so I'm just going to say this very quickly. Last Tuesday night, our worship team went with Brother David Owens, was preaching at Greg Lace Church at Marvin Chapel Assembly of God, way out in the middle of nowhere. And so, Brother Russell, our worship team, had been asked to lead worship. Sister Stacy's a woman at a visiting church she's never been to. Brother Russell's only position was he was asked to lead worship that night. So Brother Russell sitting on the front row, Sister Stacy sitting somewhere in the middle. Well, there was another pastor there that I guess has been at his church some odd, maybe 20 plus years, long time. There was a lot of people there that was under great bondages in their life. And so when, when Brother Greg, he just began to exhort the body, and here's what Brother Greg said as he was exhorting the body. He said, I told Brother Owens, he said, I felt like coming to this service tonight that there was unfinished business from last night. <laughs> he said those two words, unfinished business, that would be dealt with. Boy, I bet the Holy Ghost went. <laughs> I could just see the Holy Ghost saying, all right, now I need somebody to activate the anointing to take care of this unfinished business. I could just see the Holy Ghost like perk up and say, now I'm going to insert myself. Now I need somebody to insert themselves into me. <laughs> and so I can just see this, you know, in the spirit realm. I know y'all probably think that I'm weird. But in the spirit realm, I can just see the Holy Ghost perking up whenever his shepherd said there's unfinished business because the Holy Ghost said, I love dealing with unfinished business. <laughs> I love it. And so I can just see the Holy Ghost, he's over here waiting. He said, now I need somebody to obey me that's not in a place of position. Because somebody that has position may know what this pastor is dealing with or may know what these people from Marvin Chapel are dealing with or may know the specifics about these things. And so I could just see the Holy Ghost saying, now I'm going to use somebody that don't know nothing about nothing. 
But these people could say, well, I'm a woman in the church and I don't know nobody here. And Brother Russell could say, is he sitting here? And I mean, for about an hour, Brother Russell's hands were just up. I could just see that he was waging war. I bet he had that message in tongues before he ever walked in the service. God had it for him anyway. So Brother Greg Lay was up here and he said, Brother Russell, you and your worship team, come on up. And it was almost like Brother Russell couldn't even get up and the Holy Ghost just gave a message in tongues. Boom. Sister Stacy was respectful. She waited. Nobody gave the interpretation. Then she gave the interpretation. And immediately people began to weep. People began to break under the influence and the power of God. People began to make wrongs right. People had all one against another. Destinies were determined, not by some man in a position, but through a people that had no position. And they had to activate the anointing of God. And for the next, what, two hours, Brother Owens didn't even preach. He just exhorted the body and people began to flow in the Holy Ghost and they began to prophesy and they began to pray and they said chains began to fall off. Unforgiveness started becoming forgiven. Amen. And bitterness started being healed and they said the transaction that took place in that service, it just opened the door for the glory of God to fall and change the whole atmosphere of the whole house. If you listen to the live feed, that pastor been at his Pentecostal church over 20 something years. He he said, I didn't want to come to this, or on my way to this, I was mowing grass today, and he said, on that lawnmower, he said, I had told God that I'm going to resign my church. I'm done. I've had enough. I'm fed up. I'm going to resign my church. Man, been there, been a pillar in the community, been at that church multiple years, but he said, I was riding my lawnmower, and he said, I told God I'm resigning my church, and he said, I came to this service, and the interpretation, and the message in tongues, he said and God began to move and flow and he said it changed everything about my life he said I'm not going to resign my church can I tell you if he would have resigned his church what would people have thought in that congregation could they maybe have died and went to hell could that pastor maybe have buried his talent buried his anointing but instead God sent somebody not in a place of position but a people that were humble and ready to be used of God and can I tell you this morning church don't tell me I've come too far in Pentecost now to know this anointing matters and to know now more than ever that it determines and controls destinies of men. You and I have the authority when we walk in the anointing to set somebody free, to change their destination, to change the outcome of their life. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. We can preach under the influence and your broken heart can be healed hallelujah I'm sick and tired of people playing games with Pentecost no we have an anointing and authority on our life well they're, they're, they're broken well they're demon possessed let them come cause he that's in me is greater he that's in me is greater we're going to change destinations for people's lives. Amen. You don't have to walk in a position. I'm tired of seeing people half-hearted, half-minded, lukewarm, sitting on a church pew, believing the devil, thinking they have nothing to offer. Get up out of your seat and activate the anointing of God. Somebody's waiting on you. Somebody's counting on you today. <laughs> Somebody's counting on us. 
in determining and controlling the destinies of men. Listen to this. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are repressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I believe this is that year. I believe this is that year. You have to activate the anointing. It has to be activated. You can know that you're anointed by God, but never tap into it. What good is it? Shame on us. (laughs) Shame on us not to tap into it. Shame on us. Ask yourself right now. Ask yourself, are you activating the anointing in your life? You say, well, I, I don't get on the platform. Some people's activated their anointing to pray. Some people's greatest ministry is washing the feet of Jesus. Now, that don't get you out of the spotlight because everybody saw Mary. (laughs) They knew where she was. That devil knew where she was. That Judas knew. Look at her. Come on now. Don't tell me your place is hiding. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Jesus is elevating his anointing right now. Jesus is elevating. The only people that I know is hiding is lukewarm Christians. Amen. Amen. That world, they're not hiding about what they they just had gay pride last month. They're not hiding a thing. Amen. They're taking the covenant of God and they're trying to make it their symbol. They're not hiding anything. Don't tell me sinners are ashamed. Only people that I know that's ashamed and afraid for their face to be known are lukewarm people. That's the most dangerous place to be. So here's the thing. The Bible says, I read it very firstly. It's like we come to the house of God. We know we see the fireplace over here. Man, I'm so cold. How many have said... It's cold. Some of us are content with just staying cold. Just staying cold. But we come and the provision's already been done. Didn't Jesus say it was finished? Where there is no wood, what happens? The fire goes out. You see, I didn't cut this wood, neither did you. But if you need a fire built, guess what? It's already here for you. The tree's already been cut down. Somebody sweated. Somebody split it. And guess what? It's ready for you to start a fire with. This is your fireplace right here. But there ain't no wood in it. Ain't no wood in it. But you're freezing cold. But guess what? You're too stubborn to put wood in it and build a fire. You know how far many of us are away from walking in the anointing of God? This close. (laughs) And many of us see the wood. We see the provision. But guess what? I'm too stubborn to get up and start a fire. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. Some of you have looked at this situation longer than I've even been born. Come on, somebody. Some of you have seen the provision of God, and you know more than I do. You've walked with God longer than I, but you're afraid to start a fire because you don't know the outcome when the fire gets going. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. See, you've got to activate the anointing. If you're going to get warm, then guess what you've got to do? Somebody's got to get up and put wood on the fire. Everything else has been took care of. But I'm too slow. I'm too stubborn. I need to put wood on the fire. It's already been done for you. The word's been written. Jesus said, go into the prayer closet. The church. I mean, now we got three services on a Sunday. Sunday school. Amen. If you can't get to GFCC on church sometime Sunday, something's wrong. 8.30, 10.30, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. We're here all day long. Don't tell me you get tired and you can't come back. I mean, we never leave. On now. Don't tell me no excuse. Don't tell me about nothing. Amen. Most of the time, well, I got to get up early. Well, we ain't even been to bed yet. Amen. It all goes hand in hand. 
Come on. Amen. Might be praying somebody through. It goes hand in hand. I'm not belittling anybody. I'm just telling you, don't tell me you can't get to church. It's all been cut. It's all been ready. It's all right here. Amen. All you got to do is pick it up. Amen. And put, build a fire. Amen. We got to activate our anointing. Amen. Let's just look at activation for just a minute. Amen. You see Noah from the very beginning of time. You know it may not have made sense when Noah was nailing that ark. Amen. I could just see old Noah out there with that hammer. I, I don't know that he had a hammer but I could just see old Noah. Amen. Just putting them hammers and them nails in there. Amen. You know every nail that he drove in was an anointed nail. <laughs> he didn't know it was anointed did he? But I can tell you every hammer I could just see old Noah out there. People coming by ridiculing him. He had to be anointed by God. Amen. He had to be anointed. That all had to be on his life. He said, what you don't know, he said, I'm determining the destiny and the outcome of my family. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. Every hammer, every nail that he drove in was a determining outcome for his family. Amen. You may say only eight got on that boat. He was the most successful preacher I know. Everybody that was supposed to get on that boat got in that boat. Amen. Let me say when I stand before Jesus. Amen. Everybody at GFCC was in the ark. Amen. We were in the boat. We were ready. It may not make sense as you hammer that nail in but just know it's determining the outcome of somebody else's destiny. Just hammer that nail anointed. I don't care what people say. It may not be convenient. Oh but it's anointed. Amen. I'm building a boat. Why are you building it so big? I don't know yet. I don't know what God's going to do but I know the increase is coming and until it comes, I'm going to get anointed. When I build the boat, I'm going to get anointed. When I build the church, I'm going to get anointed. When I sing, when I cook, when I pray, when I mow, I'm going to do it in the anointing. Why? Because somebody's destiny is going to be determined by this. Somebody's destiny is going to be determined. Do it anointed. It may seem menial to you, but it's not to God. I could just hear on Noah. What's that sound like? Sound like anointing to me. <laughs> sound like anointing to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's anointing to me. Because somebody's coming behind us. <laughs> How you want it to look when they come? How you think, Noah, how God want that boat be whenever his family walk in? <laughs> Amen. Some may say, well, he just built that thing for them animals to get on there and make a mess. So be it. God called them on there. Amen. I said he was anointed. He was anointed. And he was determining the outcome of a generation. Amen. He was determining the outcome. Think about this. Moses. I don't know. Somebody know how many Israelis were following Moses at that time? 600,000 men. Men. So that's not even including. So there was probably one wife for a majority, not all, but maybe for the most part, maybe more. That's where I got 1.2, 600 plus 600. But if you think children, they probably. I said 1.2, so I was just thinking 600 plus 600 this morning. So if you think about, I mean, just say 3 million. Did you say 300? 3 million. 
Three million people counting on one man. Three million people counting on one man. You know why a lot of us don't activate our anointing? Because we say, look at all God gave me. All I got is a stick in my hand. And we look at what everybody else has in their hand. But I can tell you, whatever God put in your hand, you better activate it. Because here's the thing. I'm talking about determining destinies for people. I'm talking about the anointing that is on my life. If I sit on it and don't use it, it has eternal consequences of heaven and hell. Are you with me? Are you hearing me? Like, honestly, we must hear this. We got to get it. We have to get it. Had y'all not activated your anointing, a whole church could have died. I don't know who's next. But I know somebody's counting on that man of God to be in that pulpit today. And if he told God he was quitting and God didn't tell him to quit, then it's rebellion. And it's going to wound that church. And there are souls in the balance. I'm not making this up. I'm not making none of this up. I'm telling you reality. The moment we start telling God what we're going to do, it's rebellion, it's demonic, it's witchcraft. And so here's, here's Moses, amen. I don't know, there's just a few of us in here today, but you matter, don't you? That person that's sitting next to you, if you, you care about them too right there, right? You care about them. So if I don't do right, if you're counting on me to activate the anointing in my life and you don't have any authority but I do in that moment, guess what? I better do it, right? You love her? If you're counting on me to do something, right, you're probably going to get pretty frustrated with me if I don't, right? If you know the enemy's coming to get her, you're going to fight for her more than you're going to fight for yourself. And that's probably going to make you want to fight me. Come on, somebody. If you see that I have the capability right here, there's wood, but the fire's going out and I don't have enough umption to go put some wood on the fire. <laughs> but you see it and you know that I see it and you won't do it, guess what it's going to produce? Come on, somebody. What's it going to produce? A lot of bitterness. If you know that, God, there's three million people behind you and you've got sons and daughters that are counting on Moses to lift up his rod and he won't do it because he's stubborn, guess what? You're probably going to get fighting mad because you know death is knocking on your door. So we want to take this anointing lightly, don't we? And I'm just not, I'm, I'm not anointed. Don't you dare put that off. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Because we're all anointed in our own way. <laughs> Amen. We're all anointed in our own way. Somebody's counting on you to be right. What I have found, some people have greater anointing on them that you never knew walked in an anointing. I told them in that first service, when your little boy spoke the other night, everybody was like, oh, God. Have you ever known somebody that just hardly ever says anything, but when they do, you listen because you know it's anointed? And you're like, I know that had to be God. What if you never do that? People die and go to hell. So three million people's following Moses. And they're counting on Moses to get them out. Why? Because Moses went in there and told them to follow him. I am the great I am. Send me. What about Pharaoh? So here's Moses. Went in there, goes in there and pulls them out. Now that would be a big liar, wouldn't it? If he goes up in there and says, I'm going to bring you out. But now he can't get them out. 
You see, a lot of us start this thing right and we say a lot with our mouth, but then we don't fulfill what God told us to do. And so he has a stick in his hand and Pharaoh and his armies are following behind him. We know the story. Mount ranges on both sides and the sea in front. Moses, lift up your rod. It's that simple? To deliver three million people? It's really just that simple? All you need me to do is this? That's all. You don't need me to go to seminary school? You don't, you don't need me to go to worship school? You, you don't need me to do anything? No, I prepared you on the backside of the desert, boy. You're prepared when your mama threw you in the river. Moses, I told you to go. Remember when you argued with me and said I stutter? I know. That's when the anointing came on you. When you realized you couldn't do it. When you realized you couldn't do it. Because if you stuttered and opened up your mouth, you'd mess it up anyway. Now, Moses, just listen to me. All I need you to do is lift up your rod. You mean that's all I got to do to get anointed, God? That's all I need you to do. Obedience is the essence of revival. Some of you just need to lift up your rod because somebody's watching your life and God's about to make a way where there seems to be no way. Quit trying to argue with what everybody else has in their hand. Lift up what God has put in your hand. Somebody's counting on you. Somebody's counting on you. No matter what you got, trust God in this voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Trust God. Trust God. Whew. Oh, Joshua. You know, I said this this morning too. What truth? It was the Holy Ghost, I know. You know, some of us just need our walk to get anointed. <laughs> Y'all know that? We just need our walk to get anointed. How many of you know our walk can get messed up sometimes? <laughs> Joshua, boy, chapter 5 and 6, they cross over the river. Let me say this too. You need to get anointed when you carry the presence of God. <laughs> Amen. I don't know if a crossover anointing is an anointing, but I, well, I made one up this morning. Amen, a crossover anointing. <laughs> Amen, I saw them priests just carrying that ark and they had the ark on them. Boy, I'm talking about they told in the presence of God. And God told them, he said, get up. And the moment the feet of the priest, the sole of the feet of the priest touched that river, then he said, the, the river's going to stop. And so I could just imagine what these priests are thinking. Now, I, I'm carrying the presence of God. Now, if, if this thing messes up, we're all in trouble. Anybody ever been there before? If I mess up, then we're all in trouble. Amen. Sometimes God knows how to put a lot of pressure on your shoulders, don't he? Amen. But you just have to know if God told you to do it, then guess what? I don't care what pressure's on your shoulders. God's a big God. Amen. And he had already told Joshua. He said, every place that the sole of your feet shall touch, that shall I give unto you. He said, it's harvest time. And you know the thing about harvest time, isn't it usually like when the enemy's going to attack the most? That means that whenever they got down to the brink of the Jordan, it was out of the flood banks. They could see the river when you could couldn't see it before. They could hear the river before they ever got there. I could just imagine them tiptoeing around the brink of that river. Amen. I bet it was slippery at the edge of that river. I bet they were thinking, oh, if I slip and fall. Amen. Some of us, that's what we're doing with the presence of God. God already told us to put our feet in the brink of that river. And the moment we step, then God would stop. I said, the moment you step, God said the river would stop. And God's waiting on some of you to step this morning because he's about to give you a 
a crossing over anointing. Amen. I know the pressure of the presence is heavy, but God said the moment you step, some of you's been tiptoeing in the river. God said it's time now. He said to step with the presence and the power of God and the moment that you step is the moment that people are going to cross over and take possession of their promises forevermore. Hallelujah. You know, they never went back. Somebody's counting on you to stay up so they never go back. I said, I said, somebody's counting on you to stay up so they never go back either. We have to stay up. Then they get that possession and there's Jericho. Well, the promised land, there's walls there. Always. Always. It's not heaven. There's war in the land of Canaan. Can't be heaven yet. Amen. How I many you know there's war in your promises? <laughs> there's war in Canaan. Amen. So I just need to, all right, God, you said get up and walk. Some of our walk just needs to get anointed. <laughs> Amen. Our walk, how long has it been since you walked in the anointing? <laughs> you just walked anointed. It don't make sense to me. God told me to do it, so I'm going to do it anointed. It's anointed. I don't understand it, but my walk's anointed. He said, I don't need you to open up your mouth. You know why he said that? Because he knew them bunch of complainers. (laughs) Them bunch of nonsense talkers. Talk about that preacher, that 830 service. Can't believe he didn't sing my favorite song this morning. Can't believe he preached and got on to us. Why didn't he get on to the 1030 service? Just singling us out. The Holy Ghost is. I can't believe he wants us to walk around these. Look at these walls. He thinks walking around these walls is going to do anything. So that's why he says, shut your mouth. So he said, don't even open your mouth. And I love the way he lined them up. He didn't line them up the way we'd line them up. Those men for war, guess what? They weren't in the front. They were in the back. (laughs) Oh, them men of war, I could just see them with their artillery. I ain't out of front. I'm ready for war. I prepared my whole life. I went to the army at 18. I'm ready for war. God said, I don't need you. I don't need you ready for it. You're prideful right now. I need you in the back, and I need your mouth shut, and I just need you to walk. <laughs> can I tell you some of the greatest things we can do is just get our walk anointed. <laughs> when our walk gets anointed, then our words will get anointed. <laughs> because then God said on the seventh day, you walk around seven times, and then you have the right to open your mouth. <laughs> And can I tell you, the Bible says when they let out a shout, can I tell you, it was at that moment, amen? It was at that moment, but it wasn't the shout that brought the walls down. It was obedience for the last seven days, amen? I can tell you, God was wanting to know, can I trust them on the seventh day? Can I trust them on the seventh lap? Can they not open up their mouth? I believe that every time, God was putting a crack in the foundation here. God was putting a crack in the foundation there. God was putting a crack over here. God was putting a crack over there. 
man, they were already here and on the inside of those walls, what God had already done. Their hearts were already trembling in fear. They had heard how God dried up the sea, how God made a way across the river, and their hearts were already trembling. I believe that they heard them walking right. If they'd have looked over the walls and heard a bunch of bickering and moaning and complaining, I can guarantee you they would have known that there was division walking around, but they saw them walking upright. They saw an army. They saw them lined up. They saw men ready for war, not in the front, but in the back. I bet they were shaking. What's God got up his sleeve? And I could just see them walking one day and then two days and then the third day and on the seventh. I can't imagine what that sound must have sounded like. Can I tell you there's nothing like a church or a praise or a preaching in the sound of unity. I've been in order for seven days. I've been in order seven laps and now I get to open up my mouth. If you want your words to be anointed by God, be submissive and walk in the will of God. Let your walk get anointed and your words will always be anointed by God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Walls will always come crumbling down. That word shout means screeching, dividing to the ears. Hallelujah. David had to be anointed. David's life determined the outcome for all of Israel. The Bible said when David came up with his head, he said all of Israel arose after 40 days. So if all of Israel arose after 40 days, that tells me they had been down. <laughs> they had been cowered down. But now David comes out with the head. He had to get anointed. All I got is five stones in my head. Oh, but them five stones are anointed by the grace of God. Amen. That giant came down. He came up with the head. And now all Israel, the Bible said they arose and they ran after their enemy. Amen. The last time I saw them running, they were running from the enemy. But now that David gets anointed by God, all it took was one man. And now all Israel rises up and begins to pursue their enemy again. Church, listen to me. I believe we're living in that generation where Davids are going to come come up with giant's heads and the church has been laid down but I believe the church is in revival right now and we're rising up and we've been running in fear but now we're about to run on fire and we're going to pursue our enemies and bring down our giants forevermore (laughs) hallelujah hallelujah I better hurry Jesus I feel my helper today (laughs) that widow That widow got rid of everything else in her house. Save a pot of oil. Go borrow empty vessels. Borrow not a few. Bring them into the house. Save a pot of oil. Take that pot. What did he say do? Pour it. Pour it out. Well, God only got a little bit left. Pour it out. I only got a little bit. There, there's not enough in this vessel to fill all these. <laughs> Obedience is the essence of revival. <laughs> pour it out. Pour it out. A lot of times when God asks us to pour out, if we look at this in comparison to this, you'll never pour it out. <laughs> Who am I to invest in Sister Tammy? She's walked with God all of her life. Who am I? 
I feel a lot less than to invest in her life. Who am I to Pastor Trevor and Ariana? They've walked with God since they were eight years old. Not me. Who, who am I? Who am I to try to help anybody? If I look at this and compare the vessel that I have left and look at all the vessels to fill up, I'll never pour it out. Angie, you'll never pour it out if you live in comparison. You'll never pour it out. If you compare to Stacy and Tammy and Tanya, you'll never pour it out. You'll never pour it out. Because you'll just say, this is all I have left. But our God's the God of what's left. Our God's the God of what's left. We just have to give him what's left. But I'll never pour out as long as I see what has to be filled up. I'll never do it. And neither will you. Neither will you. As elevation comes, you'll always look broader and deeper. And you'll say, how can I do that? God said, you can't. But I can. See, a lot of times, Brother Rafe, we get content right here. So God said, I see your heart. So I'm going to put you in face of a giant. <laughs> You've been faithful with sheep. But how are you going to be with a giant? You going to try to bring him down by yourself? Or are you going to rely on God to do it? See, we can do a lot of things in our flesh. Y'all are some strong, tough people. You've made it through some hard things in life. Just being strong, you had to, didn't you? You had to. Just being strong. But God wants to know if we'll rely on him fully. God, when he's in the process of elevating your anointing, you're always going to be taken back and say, how God? Because this is all that I am. But when we begin to pour, the prophet now said, now go, sell the oil. If you don't sell the oil, you can become transformational, but if it never becomes transactional, then you've missed out on it all. It has to become a transaction in your life, and you have to, there has to be a cost to walk in the anointing of God. There has to be a cost. Brother Lewis, are you playing? I could preach all day, I think, right now. God's so good. Totally different. God knows who's here in this service. The Shunammite woman, she had to be anointed. If she hadn't have been anointed, she'd have buried that child. Instead of carrying him to the place of resurrection. And the anointing of God will cause you to position things in the proper place and condition for resurrection. 
The anointing of God is always going to set you up for success. known people that have an anointing on their life but they're not activated in it and they're agitated in it I looked up the word agitate and it means feeling or appearing troubled or nervous you ever been there before I'm in a room full of anointed people and I feel totally totally separated people with an anointing Agitate me. They just agitate me. I'm fearful over here. I'm fearful. I'm nervous. Sister Tammy, I have been so paranoid before. And I said this in the first service. I have felt like and believed lies of the devil that everybody's out to get me. Pastoring this church, but thought the whole church was talking about me always. We get in this place and we believe lies of the devil. They're not talking about us. They're talking about the glory of God. They ain't talking about you. And if they are, does it matter? But they're probably not. 99.9% of the time they're not. We're just agitated. We're troubled. We're nervous. We're fearful. We're paranoid. We think everybody's out to get me. And people just want to love me. And a lot of times when we're in a place of agitated, we make people treat us the very way we don't want to be treated. Have you ever known that before? I don't want to be treated this way, but I'm making you treat me this way. It's my issue, not yours. You know, Jonah became very aggravated, agitated at the anointing of God on his life. 120,000 people revived him. And guess what? A little tree grows up over his life, gives him a little shade, but then it dies out. Guess now this joker's mad. He's so agitated, isn't he? God, you, you did all this. and Boy, I could just see the trouble in that man's life. I wonder how many of us are troubled this morning because we're not activated the anointing in my life. Then some of us move from being agitated to aggravated. Brother Russell was a cop. When you move from burglary or assault to aggravated, it increases. Aggravated means an offense made more serious by the attendant or circumstance. A penalty made more severe. Make a problem worse or annoy. And I thought about when anointed people get around you and you move from being agitated to aggravated, you're in the presence of someone anointed and you become a Saul. David was in Saul's presence, anointed by God. David never asked for it. 
Next thing you know, spears are being hurled at David. I'm telling you this this morning. When we don't activate the anointing of God, it can be ripped from you like it was Saul. Church, I want to see us activated, not aggravated. Not aggravated. The Bible says about Saul. Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord. And the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. Samuel turned around to go away, and Saul seized the edge of his robe, and it tore. So Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today, and it has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. Could you imagine God saying, I chose somebody that's better than you? I can tell you, church, I, I don't want to hear those words from God. I don't want to hear God say to me, you went and activated. I, I begged you, Jared. I graced you. I encouraged you. I wanted you. I wooed you. I did everything in the world. I put your back against the wall. I cut down the firewood. I put it in place for you. All you had to do was get it. You saw the fire was going. You were freezing cold. I'm trying to draw you to a fire. I showed you the wood, but you wouldn't add the wood to the fire. So I've ripped it from you today. And I've given it to one better. Oh God. Whew. Lift up your rod. Pour out your oil. I know it's not what others have. But it's what God gave us. I don't, I know I don't preach like a lot of others but I want to preach like people ask me a lot well did you watch this message did you watch that to be honest with you I want to but if I do I want to be them I've never told anybody that so I just don't watch other people preach because I'll get jealous and I want to preach like them. And the next time I get in the pulpit, you'll hear Lee Ship come out of Jared or Carter Conlon or David Owens. And so I just say, well, God, if, if you want me to hear them, then you'll put me under them. I'm not saying that's for everybody. But I'm just telling you my issues. Because I did that. And I've killed people. I wanted to be Don Shoots. But I wasn't. And because I wanted to, I ran people out of this church and they never came back until they were rolled in in a casket. And they said, I'll never go to that church again. I want to preach grace like Lee Ship, but I don't have the revelation of it, so I would kill you if I tried to. David Owens is my favorite preacher but I'm not David Owens I love him I love him I admire him but I don't admire their preaching 
I admire them when I can sit across from them at a table and they encourage my anointing. And they said, don't change. Don't change. And they invest. Don't change what your church is. If you do, you become demonic. Don't change. So that's my story. What's yours? I'm tired of wearing Saul's armor. I'm tired. Tired of trying always. My rod may look different than yours. Yours is different than mine. It's all right. Just lift it up. Don't make sense. I get it. It's a sea. It's not a boat. It's a rod. It's a stick. But it's God's. It's God's. And I just thought, what a beautiful transaction of grace and anointing that takes place. What a beautiful transaction that every time that I activate my anointing, heaven meets earth. Every time I activate my anointing, a transaction of heaven meeting earth takes place. I only got a little bit of oil. If you saw the rest of my house, man, there's nothing in this. There's nothing left. But my bottle of oil don't look like yours. But pour it out. Pour it out. Just pour it out. But my boy's dead. Yours isn't. Lay him on the bed of the man of God. And he won't be dead long. I know it don't make sense, but it, get anointed and do it. Just do it. And then a beautiful transaction of grace and anointing takes place in heaven beats earth. When they step in the river, a beautiful transaction of anointing and grace takes place and God stops the river. Not everybody's going where God's calling us to go. I read the story of Jairus. The woman with the issue of blood in the first service. Jesus invited Peter, James, and John into the house of Jairus' daughter when he went in to raise her from the dead. But word had already came to him, she's dead. Don't trouble the teacher any longer. But Jesus looked at Jairus and he said, don't be afraid. When they get to Jairus' house and they go in there where the daughter is, Peter, James, and John, and the wife, and is that right? They're allowed to come in there. But they get in there, and Jesus is fixing to raise this girl from the dead, and they have something negative to say. I just heard God say to me in that first service, Jared, be prepared. Not everybody's going into that room because not everybody can be trusted with a resurrection. Let the dead bury the dead. But there's somebody that's looking for revival. 
Somebody's ready to believe the impossible. <laughs> Somebody's ready to receive a resurrection. Not everybody's going in that room with Jairus' daughter, Brother Lewis. <laughs> they went in there, but they didn't stay long. Because Jesus said, we got business to take care of. And they wanted to be little, Jesus being in that room. And Jesus looked at them and said, get out. Get out. Because we fixed it. See, this little girl. So when people start falling off of your life, just know it's the grace of God. Saying they're not ready for a resurrection. <laughs> they're not ready. Maybe Wednesday we'll preach it as well. Florida, it as well. That woman knew. I couldn't tell my husband. <laughs> my boy's dead. It is well. It is well. Hallelujah. Would you stand this morning? Maybe some of you need to come get a piece of wood and throw it in the fire. Activate your anointing this morning. Let's worship Jesus, can we? Come elevate your anointing this morning. Come lift up the rod. Activate your anointing, church. It don't come through position. It comes through you, the people. Think about it. Whose destinies today will be determined because of you? A whole church was spared this week because two people activated the anointing of God. 